FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Join me like he does each week during the football season is Mr. Chris Callum. Chris is coming to you from his broadcast center in what is going to be the center of the FCS universe this weekend, Cheney, Washington. Chris, last week was very interesting, my friend. We had a lot of good games, a lot of close games. The top bunch of teams seemed to handle their business, but we did have some upsets, including one that I called that I was very proud of. Let's just get right to the action from last week. Up first, number one, Montana 39, Cal Poly 7. This is the third straight excellent outing for the Grizz defense. Cal Poly did a few things like you said they would. They're getting better each week, but Montana just rolled all over them. Yeah, and it was Cal Poly's defense that actually played fairly well. Believe it or not, the Mustangs outgained the Grizz 362 to 334. Three of Montana's touchdowns came on a Justin Belknap pick six, and then a Malik Flowers kick return, and then they also blocked a punt and recovered it for a touchdown. So not as bad a showing for the Mustangs as the score indicates. Well, that's just straight up Bobby Houck football, isn't it, with the special teams? Yes, it is. Number two, South Dakota State, 44, Indiana State, 0. I thought Indiana State would compete in this ballgame. They did not. They tried to change some things on the defense with a lot of alignments that if you knew football make you scratch your head, I guess they wanted to try to confuse the South Dakota State quarterback, Chris Oladukin, who is about as a veteran of a quarterback as you're going to find in the country coming from Sanford and the Jackrabbits. Boy, it got ugly early. They appear to be rounding into form, Chris. I don't think anybody wants to see the Jackrabbits on the schedule. No, indeed. They're, they're one of really four or five teams that are they're in those in that situation. The Jacks opened up scoring on a Pierre Strong halfback pass. Then they went up 34 to nothing at halftime. It was really an easy win. The SDSU defense held the Sycamores to 226 total yards. Number three, Sam Houston, 45, Central Arkansas, 35. The Central Arkansas Bears put a scare into number three, Sam Houston, but to their credit, they got up off the deck and they fought back and ended up winning what was an excellent football game. Yeah, and it's a conference road win. It was kind of a weird game. The Bearcats led 31-7 to at one point before UCA made it a game. Eric Schmidt passed for 263 and four scores. His counterpart, Braylon Smith, passed for 280 yards and four scores, but he also threw two picks. Number five, Southern Illinois, 35, Illinois State, 17. Pretty poor first half for the Salukis, but just like the Bearcats, they got up and they played when it mattered. Oh boy, did they. The Salukis trailed 17 and nothing halfway through the third quarter before exploding for 35 unanswered. Freshman Isaiah Hartrup had a big day catching seven passes and returning a kick for 70 yards that led to a score. Number seven, Eastern Washington 50, Southern Utah 21. Chris, it seems like the Eastern Washington Eagles really like that 50 number. The offense is clicking. Eric Berrier passed for over 500 yards in the second straight game, and freshman receiver Efton Chisholm III caught eight balls for 147 yards and two scores. The Eagle defense rebounded a bit from its poor performance against Western Illinois, holding the T-Birds to just 340 yards total offense. Number 10, UC Davis, 17. Number 17, Weber State, 10. Don't look now, but Weber State, who a lot was expected of, sits at 1-3. and three. Yeah, Hunter Rodriguez went down with an injury late in the game, but backup Miles Hastings came on and converted on 4th and 6 to sustain the game-winning drive. Weber State upped its offense like they needed to, outgaining the Aggies actually 414 to 317, but three turnovers were the big difference in this game. Number 11, East Tennessee State 55, Samford 49 in overtime. It's very rare someone out Samford's Samford. 
I didn't know if East Tennessee State had the passing game to get into a shootout like this with Sanford. They looked really good on the offensive side of the ball, and Sanford, of course, looked good on the offensive side of the ball. This was not a game where nobody played defense. I just think these two offenses are that good. Yeah, and sometimes you see that happening, even with good defenses, you see it happening. And this certainly was the type of game Samford needed. Yeah, there were four lead changes in this game, 1,259 yards gained by both clubs combined. And this was the kind of game that favored Samford, but East Tennessee State's offense showed it can produce as well, like you mentioned. Quay Holmes led the way with 106 yards rushing, along with the 282 yards passing and three touchdowns for freshman quarterback Tyler Riddell. Liam Welch went 56 of 73, 73 attempts, Kevin, for five. 582 yards and three scores in the loss. The football team I follow might have 73 attempts all season, Chris. That just blows my mind. 73 passing attempts in a game. I hope that Liam Welch had his arm wrapped up like a baseball pitcher when it was over because he certainly threw it a whole bunch. Number 13, Missouri State 31, South Dakota 23. This was a good football game. Jason Shelley has been as advertised for the Bears. He is a difference maker for that football team at the quarterback position. Yeah, he really is. Shelley passed for 282 yards and two scores. He also ran for another 62 yards. The Bears fell behind by two touchdowns early, but they held South Dakota to just three first downs and 136 yards of offense in the second half. So this one was truly won by defense. Well, humility is not my strong point. My parents tried to teach me some, but it just didn't take. So I'm going to toot my own horn right here. I called this one UT Martin, 35, number 16, Jacksonville State, 31. UT Martin got behind, never quit, won it in the end. It was a huge win for the Skyhawks. It's, it's their first win in Jacksonville since 1987, back when both teams were Division Two, And it's their first against a ranked opponent since 2017 when they beat Chattanooga. Tennessee Martin quarterback Keon Howard had a big day going 19-24 for 295, three passing touchdowns. The Gamecocks were held to just 82 yards rushing on the day. Holy Cross, 45. Monmouth, 15. Boy, Monmouth makes you scratch your head. Yeah, it's tough to figure Monmouth out. I mean, we know they're a good football team, but Holy Cross is as well. They had a upset win of UConn earlier in the season and this surprise came as the Crusaders raced out to a 28 to nothing first half lead they, they never looked back from there so it really wasn't ever close the Hawks were held to just 254 total yards in part thanks to 12 tackles and three sacks from Holy Cross linebacker Jacob Dobbs and let's just take a deeper dive into Monmouth Chris let's all remember this was a team that had Sam Houston on the ropes in the playoffs in the spring Sam Houston had to intercept a pass in the end zone to beat Monmouth I don't know what's going on there, but this is not the same football team that played in the spring. Most everybody has gotten better that played in the spring. Monmouth just hasn't. I agree, but there's still time to write that ship. I mean, there's all sorts of examples of teams that we had high expectations for that stumble a little bit out of the gates, but then get better as the season progresses. And and there still is a chance for the Hawks in that regard. Big news out of the Southland Conference. Texas A&M Commerce is going to join starting next football season. I never really knew who Commerce was until they introduced themselves on Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football, the players do. And I kept hearing Texas A&M Commerce. So I went and did some research. Chris, that school has produced some players. The Lone Star Conference they're coming from has produced some players. I expect they'll be a good addition to the Southland Conference. Yeah, and the Southland needs it with the departure for the WAC and the Atlantic Sun. So you look back at Commerce and their record, they've made the playoffs six straight years. They won the national championship in 2017. And like you mentioned, it's a good conference that they they come from. There's a lot of great football played in Texas. So from a travel standpoint, from a competition standpoint, it's a good move for both the school and the Southland. 
I'll unveil our Week 5 FCS Top 25 right after this message from the NCAA. For more than 30 years, the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision has helped athletes achieve their dreams. The dream of playing football and hearing the home crowd cheer time after time. The dream of competing for a national championship. The dream of an excellent education. The dream of becoming a leader. And the dream of playing the right way with sportsmanship. NCAA Division I football. It's not a dream. Come see for yourself. Here is the FCS Nation Week 5 Top 25. Number 1, the Montana Grizzlies. Number 2, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Number 3, the Sam Houston Bearcats. Number 4, the James Madison Dukes. And rounding out the Top 5, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Number 6, the North Dakota State Bison. Number 7, the Eastern Washington Eagles. Number 8, the Delaware Blue Hens. Number 9, the Montana State Bobcats. And number 10, the UC Davis Aggies. Number 11, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Number 12, the Villanova Wildcats. Number 13, the Missouri State Bears. Number 14, the Northern Iowa Panthers. Number 15, the Virginia Military Institute Cadets. Number 16, the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. Number 17, the Austin P. Governors. Number 18, the North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Number 19, the Weaver Wildcats. And number 20, the Richmond Spiders. Number 21, the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Number 22, the UT Martin Skyhawks. Number 23, the Holy Cross Crusaders. Number 24, the Rhode Island Rams. And number 25, the Gardner-Webb Running Bulldogs. Coming up next, I'll sit down with Mr. Scott Wackenheim, the head football coach for the VMI Cadets. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Thanks for hanging with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Now, very pleased to be joined by Mr. Scott Wackenheim, the head football coach for the Virginia Military Institute. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Really appreciate it. Important game this week, isn't there? Uh, definitely a very important game. Uh, SOCON championship game, a uh, game for the Silver Shaco, and uh, a lot of energy and emotion will be out there uh, this Saturday. Coach Wagenheim, you have built extreme amount of depth for the Institute. I mean, the last two years, you've lost your starting quarterback right before the Wofford game, and your backup comes in and does everything you could have asked from him, plus a whole bunch more. Colin Ironside's been good for you so far, Coach. Yeah, Colin's a great competitor, 4.0 student in the classroom, and just a pleasure to have on the football team. He stepped in and has played at a high level. I didn't expect him to have to do so so early, but glad that he's on our football team and glad he's performed at such a high level. Coach, everybody knows that y'all can whip it around in the passing game all over the stadium, but your physical run in the football, too, that makes your football team dangerous, I think. Makes me happy, too. Uh, you know, I'm an old wishbone offensive lineman, and uh, I cut my teeth running the football, so I like the fact that uh, we can run the football, and we've been able to in the past. You know, Alex Ramsey was an All-American running back for us, and, you know, Corey Brighty has stepped up, and I think our offensive line's doing a great job uh, in the run game blocking, and Coach Abercrombie, our, our new O-line coach, is doing a tremendous job uh, coaching them up to come off the ball and fit the double teams and, you know, block all the various looks we get week to week, and uh, the Citadel is definitely a team on defense that can give you a lot of unique looks that you, you have to be ready 
to uh, pick up in order to get the ground game going and to protect the passer. Well, you mentioned defense for both teams. We're going to see on the field there in Charleston at Johnson Haygood Stadium the last two winners of the Southern Conference Defensive Player of the Year Award and your linebacker, Stone Snyder, and the Citadel's linebacker, Willie Eubanks third. How are they similar, Coach, and how are they different? I, I don't know You know how they're similar or different. I just know that for, for us, Stone is a tremendous competitor. He loves playing football. Uh, he, he, he's a physical football player. He runs the ball. He gets us in all the right calls. And, you know, again, I love being his football coach because football means the world to him. He's, he's a tremendous cadet on post, and he's also a very good student in the classroom. And, you know, just very thankful that we were able to go to Richmond and get Stone to come be a VMI cadet. Now, you mentioned the recruiting. There are some stipulations on VMI about numbers from the state of Virginia. Can you go in with that? Well, it's all about financial. You know, it's $30,000 now for uh, a scholarship in the state of Virginia, and it's $60,000 for a scholarship outside the state of Virginia. And so, you know, you get a certain amount of scholarship dollars that you're allowed to spend. So when I got here, we were allowed to, we, we had to recruit 62% uh, of our students from the state of Virginia. Uh, the goal was and the promise was that we would move to 50-50. You know, currently we have to recruit 67% of our student athletes uh, from the state of Virginia with, uh, you know, a 60. if we want to have 63 young men on scholarship. Uh, I'm very thankful that General Wins was able to accommodate a move back to 62% uh, for this year's signing class. And again, hopeful that through fundraising from our alumni that we can get it to a 50-50 level, which, you know, I think would allow us to compete better in the Southern Conference with all the great schools that compete uh, in the Southern Conference. I mean, the, the conference is loaded this year, top to bottom, and it's wide open for every team in it to win it. When I talk to people around the country, there's this feeling that the SOCON isn't what it used to be. And I just don't think they understand, Coach, that in the SOCON, you can't duck an opponent for three seasons. You're going to play everybody every year, and nobody knows you better than your conference opponents. Well, there's two elite teams that left, uh, Appalachian State and, and Georgia Southern. And you, you can't uh, say that we're not a little bit different with those two teams out of the conference. But I would say that the teams that have come back in and the commitment that they have made to football has offset that. And you just look at East Tennessee State, they beat Vanderbilt. And you look at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga within one play of beating the University of Kentucky. You know, that's with 63 scholarships competing against a Power Five conference on the road with their officials. That's just unbelievably impressive. And if anybody uh, can't figure it out from there, uh, the SOCON can beat any team in any conference at the Division One FCS level. And I think the coaches know that, but uh, you know, some of the people that vote in polls uh, aren't coaches. How hard is it to get ready for the triple option in just one week? Uh, we practice for Wofford, Citadel, Furman, Mercer all year long. I mean, this, the Southern Conference is a running conference. Uh, us in Sanford and, and, and now I believe Western Carolina are – the only teams that really like to throw it all over the yard. And, you know, it's one of the reasons we went to the air raid after three years here was to be different than the majority of the teams in the conference. And so uh, you have to be ready on defense to stop the run. If you don't stop the run, it's going to be a long Saturday afternoon for you. So we prepare all, all year long for our conference opponents. Well, we've talked about the offense. we talked about the defense. You've got some of the best specialists in all the country, field goal kicker Jerry Rice and punter Jack Colbert. 
Colbreth. Those two guys, Rice is going to put the pigskin through the pipes, and Colbreth can really flip the field. Yeah, you know, before I get to them, you know, Robert Soderholm, our long snapper, has been an All-American in, in different voting situations uh, the last couple years, and really he's done a great job snapping the football, and it all starts with uh, the snap. And, uh, you know, Jerry was a walk-on for us and uh, really improved under the tutelage of uh, Coach Nick Conte, who is our specialist coach. He coaches our kickers, punters, and long snappers and helps Chris Moore with our special teams um, coordination. And he's done a super job with that. And Jack has got a strong leg. He does our kickoffs and punts. Uh, was a freshman last year and, and started his career off at a high note, but has really improved his consistency this year. And again, I, I think those young men have done a super job, but I think Coach Conte's done an excellent job uh, coaching them and, and, and getting them to improve uh, not only year to year, but week in and week out. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Scott Wackenheim, the head football coach for the VMI Cadets. Coach, it's just hard for me to say, but best of luck this week against the Citadel, sir. Thank you very much. You know, two teams that uh, the young men on the field are going to go on to bigger and better things once their football career is all over. Uh, it's a tremendous opportunity to be the head football coach at VMI. I treasure each and every moment, and uh, I look forward to competing against uh, the Bulldogs this Saturday. This is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. We are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook. Bikers Against Bullies USA. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented Platypus Flosser and Toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the Platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the Platypus Flosser and Toothbrush, available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. At Renewal by Anderson, we love it when our customers tell us on a brutal winter day, we can't believe how much warmer this house is since we got our new windows. These windows are awesome. We hear it all the time. Winter is coming, and as beautiful as winter is in our part of the world, having drafty windows, cold rooms, and always needing that blanket on the couch is no fun. Renewal by Anderson makes the best windows you can get. We've been five-star energy partners for years. Our new windows can significantly lower your energy bills, especially on a brutal winter night when the wind is howling. Renewal by Anderson windows not only increase your comfort, they increase the value of your home. This winter, put that blanket away. Renewal by Anderson has great financing options with approved credit right now. For less than your cable or phone bill each month, you could have all new windows from Renewal by Anderson. Please visit our website now at rbamontana.com to hear about our financing options and book your in-home consultation now. And put that blanket away this winter with Renewal by Anderson. 
Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. Thanks for hanging with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Chris Kyle and I will now take a whirlwind tour all around FCS Nation, and we'll break down some of the biggest games taking place this week. Up first, the number one Montana Grizzlies hit the road to number seven Eastern Washington for a 10.30 Eastern time kickoff at the Inferno on ESPN2. Chris, something's got to give between these two. Montana's played great defense, and Eastern Washington has played historic-type offense. Boy, this should be a good one. Yeah, and it's really tough to read how this game's going to play out. The Grizz are giving up 268 yards and seven points per game on defense. That's no fluke. Just go back to the Husky game where they basically shut down the University of Washington for, you know, well, after their opening drive. Eastern Washington is averaging 632 yards and 52 points per game, so there's a big difference between the two teams. We do have the common opponent, Western Illinois, where the Grizz won 42-7 to at home, while the Eagles struggled to put away the Leathernecks, winning 62-56 to on the road in Macomb. Eastern is at home, and the Grizz are 0-5 on the red turf. Eastern has struggled in the kicking game and special teams, whereas Bobby Hawk's teams are known to be strong in that area. Anything can happen with this one, Kevin. Dixie State is at number two, South Dakota State. Chris, South Dakota State has not played the toughest of opponents since their FBS win. This should be another easy victory for the Jackrabbits. Yeah, and it's the opposite for Dixie State as they continue their absolutely brutal schedule. They're averaging just 301 yards per game while giving up 476 on defense. Jack should have no trouble here. Number three, Sam Houston versus Stephen F. Austin in the Battle of the Piney Woods. Chris, these two teams don't care for one another much. There's a couple of games this week where you can say throw out the records, throw out the rankings. This should be a good one. Stephen F. Austin has a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They've recruited extremely well the last several years, especially on the defensive line. I think this is going to be a ball game, a four-quarter ball game that's going to go down to the wire. Yeah, it could be. You know, we still have quite a bit to learn about the Lumberjacks based on their schedule. They're three and one, and that includes a close loss to Texas Tech, but their wins have come against Tarleton and Mississippi Valley State, and then I think a newly Division II team in Lincoln of California. They have a capable quarterback in Troy Self, and one of the best speed guys in FCS and wide receiver kick returner Xavier Gibson. Bearcats took a step back last week, but that was against an excellent Central Arkansas offense, and they gave up 35 points, but they got the win. Eric Schmidt, Ramon Jeff. Jefferson company have shown they can score in bunches. I don't know if they'll be able to do that against Stephen F. Austin, but it's certainly a possibility. Number four, James Madison is at New Hampshire. I've seen some things online this week from James Madison fans who say that the hardest thing about playing New Hampshire is getting there. Well, we're going to find out. New Hampshire got blasted last week by Pitt, 77-7, to and it wasn't that close. 
Yeah, you got to figure they're going to play better and rebound from that. And that's sometimes what, what teams need is a little wake-up call. And I'm sure the coaching staff has had them running this week, and, and they're going to be prepared. Sean McDonald teams are rarely flashy on offense. They have no eye-popping team or individual stats that grab your attention. But they tend to play well on defense and in special teams, and they are comfortable at home in Durham. In fact, the last time JMU was in the town, they were ranked third and lost 35-24. to 24. Number five, Southern Illinois is at Western Illinois. Chris, Southern Illinois, we mentioned it in the first segment, really looked pedestrian in the first half last week. Then they got it together, and Western Illinois kind of got their stuff in a pile the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so they scored 56 against Eastern Washington. They scored 38 against Youngstown State last week. Connor Sampson is a capable quarterback, and he has one of the best wide receivers in FCS. It sounds like Stephen F. Austin we just talked about, but wide receiver Dennis Houston, he's an NFL-type talent. You have to favor the Salukis here, but this could get interesting if Western Illinois can make enough stops on defense because I think their offense is rolling. Number six, North Dakota State is at number 18, North Dakota. Mr. Callum, it's week five, and we still don't know a whole lot about the North Dakota Fighting Hawks, do we? But we're sure as hell going to find out in the next three weeks, y'all. North Dakota hosts the Bison and then hits the road to South Dakota and then to Southern Illinois. Whew. Boy, that's a stretch, isn't it? It is. You know, and really the same can be said or something similar for North Dakota State. Neither team has really played a quality FCS opponent yet. And UND was only able to stay with Utah State for a half. So there's some unknowns here. The Bison are being the Bison. They're giving up less than 200 yards and just four points per game so far. That's not a big shock. That's what they do. One matchup to watch in this game is the Hawks offensive line providing protection for Tommy Schuster against an NDSU pass rush, which already has 11 sacks on the season through just three games. Still a huge rivalry game, but UND is going to need to play lights out on defense and win the turnover battle to stay in this one. And you mentioned the offensive line, right? That's how you can say that about any team that North Dakota State plays. When teams have been able to match up with their defensive line, they've played well against the Bison. doesn't happen very often. And I think the flip side can be said, too. What can UND's defensive line do against North Dakota State's offensive line? Usually the answer that's not much, but we'll see. Preview segment will continue right after these messages from the NCAA and a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. In the Division I football championship subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship Subdivision. It's more than a game. In the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision, the game is played with perseverance, integrity, passion, character, and sportsmanship as he works to honor the game and respect his teammates, opponents, officials, and fans. Every FCS player grows in his responsibilities as a student athlete and as a member of his campus and community. The NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision. Every down, every day. 
Did you know that every three minutes someone is diagnosed with a blood cancer? Former Villanova head coach Andy Talley founded the Be The Match Registry in 1992 after becoming aware of the devastating odds facing those in need of bone marrow transplants. Since 2008, getting the game registry drives have added 84,000 potential donors and 489 patients have been given a second chance of life. Log on to tallybonemarrow.org to find out how you can get in the game and save a life. That's tallybonemarrow.org. Rhino Roofing is a family-owned company working in both the Missoula and Bitterroot Valleys. Rhino Roofing has more than 25 years of experience and will provide you with the toughest roof, Rhino Tough. Backed by Malarkey Shingles with a 120-mile-per-hour wind warranty and they're hail-resistant. With a Rhino Tough roof and Malarkey Shingles, you may even be eligible for a discount on your homeowner's insurance. Call Rhino Roofing today at 406-552-3089 or log on to rhinoroofingmt.com. Kevin Marshall here for the law offices of John Velk. At the Velk Law Firm, they know that when you suffer an injury, everything can change. With more than 29 years of experience fighting for his clients, John Velk can help you focus on recovering rather than being overwhelmed and worried about your court case. If you're injured in an accident, call John Velk at the law offices of John Velk at 543-0909 or log on to the website at velklaw.com. That's the law offices of John Velk, the official law offices of FCS Nation. Y'all, there are a lot of barbecue joints in Missoula and the Bitterroot Valley that claim to have authentic Southern barbecue. Trust me, I'm an authentic Southerner, and they do not. The only barbecue that tastes like the South is Moose Creek Barbecue in Hamilton. Moose Creek Barbecue has authentic Southern barbecue, and listeners of this show know that I wouldn't say it unless they did. Moose Creek Barbecue in Hamilton, 363-9152, moosecreekbarbecuemt.com. Come on down to Moose Creek Barbecue in Hamilton and put some South in your mouth. Albany is at number eight, Delaware. Albany has been underwhelming so far this year. Got one of the best quarterbacks in all of FCS Nation, but just don't seem to have a whole lot to go with it. They kind of remind me of Monmouth in that respect, Chris. Yeah, they've disappointed their own three, but that's also against North Dakota State, Syracuse, and, and obviously improving Rhode Island. This is an opportunity to turn things around, but Delaware's defense is one of the best in the FCS. Could be a tough slog for the Danes. Northern Colorado travels to Bozeman to take on number nine, Montana State. Northern Colorado quarterback Dylan McCaffrey has played fairly well so far when he's been healthy. They protected him last week, and Northern Colorado got a win. Going to be tough sledding over there in Bozeman, though. Montana State appears to have a passing game to go along with an already pretty awesome rushing attack. And an awesome defense. They're holding opponents to just 14 points per game. The offense is definitely clicking since their opener against Wyoming. The Bears are an inexplicable loss to a bad Lamar team from being undefeated against FCS. Now, granted, they haven't played the hardest schedule, but they are giving up just 13 points per game themselves on defense. That's over the last three, and they might have enough on that side of the ball to keep this one close. Idaho is at number 10, UC Davis. Mr. Callum, if Hunter Rodriguez doesn't play, this becomes very interesting. Well, the Vandals got rolled by their last two opponents. Granted, that was Indiana and Oregon State. Their only other game was against Division II Simon Frazier, so we don't know a lot about the Vandals yet. They do have two of the better linebackers in FCS and Christian Ellis and Trey Walker, and they'll need them to be disruptive in order to contain Alonzo Gilliam, even if Rodriguez doesn't play. Walford is at number 11, East Tennessee State, in a Southern Conference battle. Walford looked a little better last week. They did get beat, and East Tennessee State discovered a pretty good passing game to go along with that two-headed monster in the backfield of Quay Holmes and Jacob Sailors. 
Well, the Terriers are still a run-heavy team, but they continue to push more for balance, making 19 pass attempts in their loss against VMI. The Bucks gave up a ton of points against Sanford, like we talked about, but most teams do. I think it's going to be a different story here. Number 13, Missouri State is at Illinois State. The Redbirds have been inconsistent in the passing game with Bryce Jefferson only completing 46% of his passes and Jackson Waring sharing time but with similar results. They also haven't shown the defense to be able to keep up with solid offenses, and that's something that's missing from the past. Jason Shelley looked great at quarterback, and the Bears possess a running threat as well. Got to favor the Bears here. Illinois State makes you scratch your head a little bit, too. They had a lot of good players in the spring. Some of them decided not to come back, and I get that. But you would have thought Illinois State would be better. And if they were in another league, who knows, they probably would be. But this is not a very good Illinois State team in the MVFC, and I don't think things are going to be better for them this week. Number 14, Northern Iowa is at Youngstown State. This is an interesting ball game too. Youngstown State seems to have discovered an offense, and it's a rushing attack. Yeah, and it's definitely not the Bo Pelini years. They're giving up 40 points per game, so while they're running the ball better, the defense has suffered. The Panthers' COD seems to provide a spark for the offense, and we know how well you and I can be on the other side of the ball. Day is a difference maker. That's not a slide against Will McIlvain. He's a pretty good quarterback, too. But Day has such an upside and so much potential and such a good arm that he gives Northern Iowa a legitimate passing attack, which to go along with a running game in defense, you know, I'm no genius, but that's how you win in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And a game that's very near and dear to my heart, number 15, Virginia Military Institute travels to Charleston to take on the Citadel in the Military Classic of the South. Well, Kevin, your cadets are coming off the first win of the season where they got the offense cranking against an overwhelmed North Greenville. It'll be tougher sledding against, obviously, the defending SoCon champs, but it's not too late for the Citadel to springboard into a solid season with a win here. It's going to be interesting. It's a rivalry game. And two teams that do it completely differently. For two schools that are similar in so many ways, their football offenses couldn't be more different. VMI with the air raid, but also, don't forget, a pretty solid running attack as well. Citadel, look, the Silver Shaco, you had it for 12 years. That's the trophy they play for. Shaco is the full-dress cover for both schools. It's, uh, imagine, an inverted chicken bucket with a corn dog sticking out of it you have a Shaco. This trophy is extremely important to both of these schools. The best defense for the Citadel, they have not been good against the pass, but I think the triple option could be the great equalizer here. Four or five yards of play, keep VMI's offense off the field, could be a recipe for victory for the Bulldogs. If you're VMI, you do what you do. Spread them out. Try to take advantages of mismatches with linebackers on wide receivers, safeties on wide receivers, and do what you do. No reason to change anything, because if you're the key debts, it has really worked lately. Mr. Paul Sorensen, the color commentator for Eastern Washington football, will join us next. And following that will be the pick segment. I know you'll want to hang out for that. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com. 
That's my husband, Mr. Fix-It. I got it! I ain't got it! I told him we needed replacement windows for our house. I am man! I told him rather than go to a do-it-yourself store, we should contact Renewal by Anderson because they only do windows. They're experts. No subcontractors. Hey, honey, did you know our electricity runs through all these little metal pipes? Yow! You okay? Yeah! Renewal by Anderson, hassle-free, energy-efficient, low-maintenance windows with a professional perfect fit. A hole needs to be just a little larger! Keeping your home warm in the winter, cool in the summer with their Fibrex windows. I had no idea we had this much insulation in our walls. Honey? Yeah? I think it's time we call Renewal by Anderson. Good call, Mr. Fix-It. For a perfect fit, call 605-341-7831. Renewal by Anderson of South Dakota. 605-341-7831. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution, you created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck. So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots t-shirts. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt, launcher, there. Bud Light beer at Isaac Bush, St. Louis, Missouri. I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJColter.com. If you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, go Grizz, go Bison, go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. That's Brick Wheels. Brick wheels.com are you played by foreclosure well here at jim lad and matey we can stop your foreclosure now we're a mortgage rescue company and for the small fee of everything you hold dear we will negotiate with your lender on your behalf call jim lad and matey at 1-800-YAR-YAR that's 1-800-YAR-YAR-YAR if you're facing foreclosure talk to the right people speak with hud approved housing counselors free of charge at 888-995-HOPE Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. 
We're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're now joined by one of my favorite guests of all time. It's been a minute since we had him on. Welcome back, Mr. Paul Sorensen, the color commentator for Eastern Washington football. How are you, Paul? Good, Kevin. How are you, buddy? Can't complain. Can't complain. Looking forward to being over there for the game against Montana on Saturday. Let's talk about your football team. It starts with Eric Barrier. Have you ever seen anything like his performance so far this season? No. I've been uh, I've been following Eastern. I go all the way back to when we were the rights holder, you know, for radio back in the mid '80s. You know, then of course Larry came in after that and has been here for well over 30 years. And you know, as a Hall of Fame broadcaster in his own rights and a two-time Sportscaster of the Year for the state of Washington. I haven't seen an offense functioning at this level, you know, in the FCS since I've been watching football at this level. So it's just they're doing some stuff. I, I mean. I'll just give an example. Walking on the sidelines, going over to do the post game, you know, leaving the press box, walking across the field, looking over at Southern Utah and seeing their, how dejected they were. You know, they put so much. They had a great crowd there. It was packed. It was loud. The students were into it. They had a good game plan. And, and Eastern trucked them. I mean, they just took them apart, and, and they did it in a way that, you know, just left no doubt. I mean, they, you know, they, Eastern made mistakes. Eastern hasn't played a perfect football game. They haven't reached their potential yet, you know, on the on the offense and defensive and special team side of the ball. So it's pretty incredible. They've also gone the last three weeks without turning the football over. And when you're, you know, throwing up five, six, seven hundred yards of total offense and you're not turning the ball over and you're getting turnovers from your defense, that's a great recipe for success. So right now, this offense is playing as well. Eric Ariel, just to give an example, has more total offense right now than all but four FCS schools. By himself, one of those schools is Eastern Washington. The other three then, you know, following behind him. But he's outgaining schools by himself in terms of total offense, rushing, and passing offense. The receiving core is excellent, too, with Liam Jones and Chisholm third. Talk about those two guys. Well, they've been great. And, and you know, the whole thing is, if you just look at what, what Eastern has to offer, you know, with Chisholm is only a freshman. I mean, this young kid, and I hate to say it, he's kind of Cooper Cuppish. He runs great routes, great hands. He's tough and physical. He's, he's a freshman. Freddie Robertson's playing at a very high level. Johnny Edwards has, has been great. You know, Dennis Merritt, he's, he's got nine touchdowns already, you know, in this season. At, at running back, he, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's just tough. He's a senior. He's given great leadership there, you know, from that standpoint. The tight end, Dylan Ingram and Blake Goble, they've contributed. They're big body, 6'5", 6'6", 240, 250-pound guys. So there, there's a lot of weapons on this football team. You had at one time when they threw 55 points up against Western Illinois back there, okay, and, and had uh, had over 500 yards of total offense in the first half, they had six guys touch the football for touchdowns. Six different receivers. Running backs, five receivers, it was unbelievable. And and they scored uh, they scored eight touchdowns in nine possessions. And, and they scored at a minute, maybe 12 left in the first half, and went 75 yards down the field and scored again. So, you know, and then came out and scored on the very first touch with Merritt. He went 71 yards in the third quarter, and then that was it. They laid an egg, ran out of gas. Barry A started cramping up, and I give Western Illinois a ton of credit. In fact, they came back and beat Youngstown State last weekend for their first win. This is an offense right now, and the offensive line is creating a lot of great things. They're going to get a heck of a test on Saturday because Montana's defense is playing as high a level as Eastern Washington's offense is. So it's going to be just awesome to watch. Let's talk about the Eastern Washington defense, Paul. If there's one thing that your offense hasn't done very much of, that's give the defense a breather. Is there such a thing in football as scoring too soon and scoring too quickly? Well, anytime you can score, that's always a good thing. 
and and being a former defensive back, you know, you don't necessarily want to have dry 19 seconds, 35 seconds, 58 seconds, 107. Those were four touchdown drives that Eastern had, you know, two weeks ago against Western Illinois. You know, and their average drive for touchdowns between a minute and a half and 230. That's not a lot of time to recoup, but you know that because you, you're on defense. So if something happens, for instance, Eastern had a great fake punt on the on the first series that really set the tempo, and you had the had the goofy punter, you know, throw the ball to Chisholm for 36 yards, and and yet uh, you know, Coach Enna, the defensive coordinator, came over his defense eyes. If this doesn't work, we're going to have to defend from our own 31. So let's be ready, pick it up, and go out there and 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 get a stand and see if we can keep these guys out of the end zone. Now it worked, and Eastern went right down the field and scored, and you know that really kind of set the stage. So, I think yeah, you can't score very quickly, but I think you're in a situation, you know, from that standpoint that the whole key is to score. So the defense, you know, and that's one thing this defense has done for Eastern. They played a lot of guys because they had to. They've had to keep guys fresh because the defense you know, basically has been on the field a lot uh, because the offense has been so proficient. What surprised you about this football team so far, Paul? Just the way that they've, I think, you know, everybody was talking about, well, they're going to get beat up and, you know, playing those games in the spring. I don't know if that's a good thing. Actually, it's really helped Eastern because their level, they are functioning at such a high level and having played those seven games. And I think the best thing that happened was getting our butt kicked back in Fargo against North Dakota State because two things came out of that. One, we were undersized on the defensive line, and they've added size and strength. they got a transfer in from Boise State that's good 6'5". He's 295. They're getting some beef back up front, and they're starting to, you know, and they've got enough depth now. They're really playing eight to nine guys, you know, maybe even ten guys out there uh, that that's keeping that rotation fresh. So seeing that, the punishment they took in the second half, they realized they needed to up their game. They did. On the offensive line, they had to come together. They're big, strong. They got some great leaders there with Tristan Taylor, who's played 9,000 games at Eastern Washington. I think he's 35 years old now. You know, and you've got guys that are doing an excellent job. Connor Christ, who's been there since 2016. You know, those are the two seniors. All the rest of the guys are coming back. They're either freshmen, sophomores, or juniors. So this is a team, you know, when you look at the offense, there's only five seniors, and they're too deep. Think about that. Now, Eric Barrier is one of those guys. Dennis Merritt is one of those guys. Tololo Limo Jones and, and also Tristan Taylor and Connor Chris. Those are your seniors. They are great football players and great leaders. So that means that you're going to have to find that kind of production to replace those, those five seniors. But still, there's a lot of football, you know, in, in this offense, both in the first and second, you know, uh, team depth that I think is going to really help this football team uh, move forward. But right now, they're functioning at a very high level. They're not turning the football over. Their production is off the scales. And Eric Berrier, if he doesn't win the Walter Payton Award in terms of what he's doing, then then it's, a, it's an absolute shambles because he is blowing people away right now in terms of what he's doing, running all the decisions he's making, and his accuracy passing the ball and just getting it to the right guys. And that's the thing that's so hard to defend. You have so many different weapons on this team right now offensively, and everybody's stepping up. They're having a blast. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Paul Sorensen, the color commentator for Eastern Washington University. Thanks for being here, Paul. It's always a pleasure having you on. Looking forward to seeing you this weekend, buddy. You betcha, my man. Always great to be on FCS Nation, and uh, I just think it's exciting to have this kind of matchup. By the way, one quick little thing. This is the highest matchup with a four-seed Montana and a six-seed Eastern Washington in the history of the series. And by the way, Eastern's undefeated on the red against Montana going back to 2010.
those are some fun things to think about. Back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks. Now, time for the pick segment, and this is usually a very difficult segment for me. This week, even more so. Chris makes it look easy. Usually, number one, Montana is at number seven. Eastern Washington. I don't think Cal Poly's defense is really any better than Eastern Washington's defense, and I know that Eastern Washington's offense is better than Montana. So, give me the Screaming Eagles to win this game. It's going to be a close one. 38-35. This is the FCS game of the year so far and probably will hold up for the rest of the season. The Grizz have displayed a dominating defense and an offense has gotten a little better each week. Eastern Washington has an offense that may be the best we've ever seen in FCS football. Something's gotta give between those two, right? I believe that the Grizz defense will play well and the Montana special teams will make a play that'll make the difference. Take Montana at the Inferno, 31-28. Sorry, Chris. Dixie State is at number two, South Dakota State. Give me the Jackrabbits and an easy victory over Dixie State. Jackrabbits will roll here. Dixie is a tough bunch, but the Jacks are just superior in all phases. South Dakota State will win 42-13. to Number three, Sam Houston versus Stephen F. Austin, the Battle of the Piney Woods from NRG Stadium in Houston. Seems like there's a mild upset each year in the Southland right about the fourth or fifth week of the season, and I'm going to go with that happening in this game. Give me Stephen F. Austin to win 28-27. Not me, sir. Sam Houston learned a lot about the football team last week, and it's hard to say, but they won the national championship. Didn't they know everything they needed to know? No. They were behind the eight ball against Central Arkansas, but they got back up and they fought and they won. In this ball game, Lumberjack quarterback Trey Self, well, he's been his usual efficient self. Xavier Gibson, like Chris mentioned earlier, is as good of a receiver as there is in the country. Looking around at things and listening to people, I get the feeling that Sam Houston has kind of developed a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. People continue to doubt them and all they seem to do is win. In this ballgame, too much Eric Schmidt, Ramon Jefferson, and Jacquez Ezzard for the Lumberjacks. Take Sam Houston, the Battle of the Piney Woods, 38-24. Number four, James Madison is at New Hampshire. I think New Hampshire's improved a little bit, but not enough to beat JMU. So give me James Madison in a relatively easy victory, 38-14. I agree. UNH got absolutely destroyed by Pitt last week. And one of two things can happen when you take a whooping like that. It carries over and kills your season. Sean McDonald's too good of a coach to allow that to happen. But it really won't matter today. Duke's roll on the road over New Hampshire, 34-17. Number five, Southern Illinois is at Western Illinois. Southern Illinois might be the best team in the best conference in the country. Western Illinois is a good story. They're showing some improvement, but it's not going to be enough to keep up in this game. Give me the Salukis to win 38-17. to Salukis will not start off slow this week. I can't guarantee you any of my picks are going to hit, but I know the Salukis will come out fast, and they'll win on the road over Western Illinois 35-21. Number six, North Dakota State is at number 18, North Dakota. The Hawks are at home. That's a bit of an advantage for them. They've been playing well over the past couple of seasons, but it would be crazy to pick against the Bison. Give me North Dakota State to win this game 22-10. to 10. Bison fans are quietly pretty giddy about quarterback Quincy Patterson. So far, they haven't really needed to have him do much, and they probably won't need him to do it this week either, but I expect they'll open it up a little bit, let him throw the ball down the field, and the Bison will win over North Dakota 28-13. Albany is at number eight. 
State, Delaware. Albany's not playing well. The Fighting Blue Hens have a terrific defense, giving Delaware to win this game 31-3. to Matchup of two pretty good quarterbacks here. Albany's Jeff Undercuffler and Delaware's very efficient and tough Nolan Henderson. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He won't make any today. Take Delaware at home over Albany 27-20. to Northern Colorado is at number nine, Montana State. Bobcats are at home. They'll avoid the upset, giving Montana State 28 to 21. I think it'll be close too, Chris. That's a good call from you. Bobcat quarterback Matthew McKay has made the Bobcats way less one-dimensional than they were. Passing game is going to be important for them moving forward. They'll get it going this week against Northern Colorado. Take the Bobcats at home, 28-17. Idaho is at number 10, UC Davis. UC Davis is a very favorable schedule the rest of the way, and that starts this week. Not that Idaho is terrible, but they, they've they got to prove that they belong still. So give me UC Davis to win this game. Defensive battle, 21-17. to 17. If Hunter Rodriguez can't play, Davis can rely on the running and the short passing game with Alonzo Gilliam, and that's going to be a good safety blanket if backup quarterback Miles Hastings is forced into duty for Davis. I'm very tempted to pick Idaho, and if this game was in Moscow, I probably would, but it's not. Take UC Davis. Davis at home over Idaho. Close, 24-23. Walford is at number 11, East Tennessee State. East Tennessee State has to be worn out from all the offense last week, but that won't be enough for Waffy to get the win. Give me East Tennessee State, 34-17. to That's a good pick. ETSU discovered that they can throw the ball, even when people know it's coming last week. Will Huzzy, wide receiver for them, is a player to watch in this one. He's a burner. Take ETSU at home over Walford, 31-21. to Number 13, Missouri State is at Illinois State. Big win last week for Missouri State. They need to keep it rolling. Illinois State has been underachieving, but I'm going to take the Redbirds and the mild upset here, 21 to 15. Not me, sir. And you know, I always say that nobody circles the wagons like the fellow with the cowboy mustache, but Brock Spack just doesn't have a lot of bullets on the old six-shooter right now. Take Missouri State on the road, 31-17. Number 14, Northern Iowa is at Youngstown State. Well, the Penguins are at home. Their offense is playing better. That means Northern Iowa's going to have to score a little bit. I don't think this will be necessarily a low-scoring game, but give me the Panthers to win on the road, 34 to 29. Youngstown State's lost their two FCS games by six points combined. They've played close. This one will be no exception. I just don't think they've got enough players yet. And Northern Iowa on the road over Youngstown State, 28-21. Number 15, VMI hits the road to Charleston to take on the Citadel Bulldogs in the Military Classic of the South. I know who you're going to pick, Kevin, so I'm going to go the opposite direction. Give me the Institute to get the victory here in a tight game, 28-27. to 27. Citadel defense has not been good against the pass. I mentioned that earlier. The best defense for the Bulldogs must be four to five yards of play in the triple option and 12 to 15 play touchdown drives. VMI is a tough and solid football team. The Silver Shakos on the line, and both these teams want it badly. And a huge shock for listeners of this show, give me the Citadel over VMI. VMI in Charleston at the General, 28-27. to Well, y'all, we've reached the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. FCS Nation is produced by Mr. Justin Swallows, co-hosted by Mr. Chris Callum. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Miss Stacy Marshall. On behalf of all those good people, I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you, the laps a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.